She was already awake when the sun crept over the horizon. She had been awake, staring at the white of the ceiling as night receded. Clara lay in bed for a few moments longer, trying to breathe deeply and slip back into the realm of sleep. Her eyelids were very heavy. She could curl into the covers and maybe, just maybe, fall back into oblivion. Fear shot through her in a thrill. Sleep was dangerous. Sleep was unpredictable. When dreams could turn at once from pleasant to terrifying, a nightmare landscape from which there was no escape. She told herself that sleep could also be wonderful, a realm of blackness through which nothing penetrated, neither fear nor its terrible, crueler twin, hope. Sleep was not only something to fear. But she was not going to get any more sleep today, she realized, after watching the light break across the ceiling. She levered herself up carefully, trying not to disturb the tangled mound of blankets where Jasper still slept. She did not look at his sleeping face, knowing that it would provoke the same tangle of feelings that already raged in her heart, ready to spill over at any moment. One of these days the storm would break, and she would be lost, caught in the fury of it. In moments of weakness she clung to Jasper as if he was all that could save her, and in other moments she knew that he was all that provoked it as well. On mornings like this, sometimes it pleased her to wonder, like pressing on a bruise, what her life would have been if she had married Cyrus. It was a dream that had once been terrifying to her, muted emotions and a creeping sense that she was not in love as she should be. Now, however, she saw what she had not appreciated at the time. Cyrus would be attentive to her, as a man could be only when he was besotted with a woman who does not love him. He would bring her flowers every day, and hire a maid to look after her, so she need do no work. His touch would not bring comfort or desire, but neither would it bring pain. She would not see an exact mirror of her self-loathing in his eyes, and he would not shy away into his own pain. Her steps were quiet as she avoided the creaking boards of the upstairs hallway. It was only when she reached the last room that she paused, looking in through the half-open door to the shadowy forms behind. Thomas and Elijah lay quiet, like sleeping angels, hair tousled and their cherubic cheeks flushed from their romps in the summer sun. Sleep was the only time they weren't a terror, their mother joked. Cecilia always looked tired these days, and more often than not she was plucking Thomas off a high stool or chasing Elijah as he toddled after his older brother. But she was happy, contentment radiating from her brown eyes, and Clara could hardly feel the knife-sharp pain that dug at her any longer. She lingered, watching her sister's family and seeking that pain, for reasons she could not explain. When she looked at her nephews was one of the times she felt herself break out of the numbness that otherwise engulfed her, and she had begun to relish the twist of agony for the sheer diversion of having anything to feel at all. Cecilia, at long last, had everything. Clara would not begrudge her for it. She would not, she told herself. She could not. She slipped down the stairs before the tears could start. It was a tiring business, courting pain, and then running from it. She stopped abruptly when she saw another silhouette in the kitchen. You're up early, Millicent said softly, as if she was surprised to see Clara. As if, Clara thought resentfully, she had not been waiting. She knew what her mother was up to. All those days asking where Clara went when she got up, why she was always coming back as breakfast was starting, not coming down from her room instead. For a moment, genuine fury reared its head. Millicent wanted to pry her open, like a nut, 
and expose the sharp pain to the world. Yes, Clara said shortly, not trusting herself to say more. Tea? No, I'm going out. Clara took her shawl from a peg near the door. Clara, can it wait until later? She did not turn around. Clara, where are you going? Millicent's concerned voice did nothing to soothe her. She did not answer. Her mother knew, and yet she felt persistent to ask. You're going to see them, aren't you? Millicent asked. If I am, it's nothing to you. She reached for the door. I'll be back for breakfast. Clara, please listen to me. I know the pain you feel. Her mother's pleading came out desperate. Instead of pity, instead of warmth, Clara felt only anger. No one can possibly know. Jasper can, Millicent reminded her.